Good morning, Southwoods. Stand up. We're going to spend some time praising together. If you're on live stream, sing as loud as you can. Sing as loud as you can. Dance. Nobody's watching.
take a second to welcome you this morning and say, so glad you're here. Um, if you're watching live stream, so glad you're here. If you're watching on Facebook Live, put that bad boy on your big TV because this is good stuff. I'm just saying. No, we're excited. We are so excited about our opportunity to worship the Lord this morning. So glad you're here with us. Just be free. Just set aside everything else that you came in with that might be troubling you. And let the Spirit of God minister to your heart this morning. Amen. So just a couple of quick announcements. Uh, coat drive, if you still want to get in on that. There's one more week to bring coats uh, to minister to people who need those. So that opportunity is still available. Check the Facebook. Uh, check our website. Call Jackie. There's lots of information out there. And also one of our ministry partners, Avenue of Life, has a lot of opportunities uh, to serve in that ministry um, a lot of things we can do to give. They have lots of needs right now. So make sure you check out your email because I believe um, Lori sent an email out or you can check the website or Facebook. So anyway, we're so excited. All right, we're going to continue to worship.
Well, we want to greet one another really quickly. Turn around, say hi, wave really quickly. The COVID. All right.
have a seat. We're thrilled that you're with us this morning, whether you're tuning in online or if you're on site. Uh, we just love and value every single one of you. And I just once again want to say welcome. want to remind you of a couple things. want to encourage you, if you have not yet gathered, uh, grabbed one of the uh, little communion cups here in the room or on, online, if you have not yet gotten a, a chance to get some, some juice, maybe a little piece of bread, uh, you might want to do that at this point, sort of to set it aside for a little bit later when we'll share in the Lord's Supper together. An important opportunity for us to pause and remember why we gather, uh, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and just re recommit ourselves and surrender to Him. So, uh, so make sure to grab that. I uh, want to encourage all of you who've been giving, just say a word of thanks for that. I mean, so many of you have just been faithful, faithful, faithful. We're, we're uh, so appreciative of that, and uh, it allows us to continue to live stream, continue to minister here on site, and do all the different things that we do, as well as resource ministry partners that are all over the world. One of the privileges that that is, you know, we've got ministry partners who are connected to us that haven't seen any drop in giving from, you know, the investment that we make in them on a regular basis. They've not seen any drop because you've been faithful toward all of us for this, uh, these many months. So, uh, so yay you. And I want to invite you as we head into the Christmas season just to be prayerful, be praying about our ministry partners. Uh, we've got folks that are ministering all over the world that we partner with. And uh, some of them are, are not, I mean, in fact, all of them are supported by groups other than just us. From us, they've not seen any drop, but that's not a guarantee from every other one of, every other one of their supporters. So our encouragement to you is to just lift that up in prayer, and maybe God will lay it on your heart this season to, uh, to be generous toward one of our ministry partners. We've got information on the information table back here where you can get more, uh, how to connect with them personally. Uh, or obviously you can reach out to the church office and let us know and we'll help you help you do that. But if God lays something on your heart to be generous toward one of them, uh, we, we want to do everything we can to fan that into flames. So uh, this is just invite you to consider that. We're blessed to have one of our ministry partners with us today. Uh, this just worked out here a couple of weeks ago where we, we learned that he was going to be in town. Uh, Jeff Palmer's his name. He and his wife, Indra, are with us with their, their kids. And uh, they've been ministering in New Zealand for a number of years now, planted a congregation, the Vine, and have just been doing a fantastic job. So proud of you guys. And uh, we're privileged to get to, to hear a little bit uh, from him this morning. His, his message is follow me. And of course, he's gonna teach from scripture, but he's also, I'm sure, gonna give us a little bit of an update on how things have been going there and uh, invite us into that world, which has been their ministry so that we can pray for them also uh, pray for the congregation there because he's here and they're there so we need to need to be lifting them up as well so uh, without any uh, further explanation just want you to just be uh, have an open heart to what jeff uh, what god has to say to you through jeff this morning let's pray let's bow our heads i'm going to pray a blessing on the rest of our service and just invite you to, uh, to have an open heart toward our father this morning father we thank you for your goodness your grace we lift all that happens in this service. We thank you for the worship we've already enjoyed and are going to continue to enjoy. We thank you for the preaching and teaching of your word that we're going to benefit from here in the few moments ahead. And just ask, Father, we need a word from you. We live by every word that proceeds forth from your mouth, Lord Jesus. Every word is life. Life for our bodies, life for our souls. We need to hear from you. And so we ask that you'd speak to us this morning. And we promise to walk in your ways and give you credit for everything good that happens as a result of that. So uh, be with us now as we listen to Jeff in just a few moments. But uh, as we listen to 
this, uh, this next message and song. We just, uh, we're eager to hear from you. This is our prayer. We lift it together in Jesus' name and everybody agreed with me and said, amen, amen, thanks. Isn't it great to be able to worship God here in freedom, uh, to be able to gather together and just to thank him for what he has provided. I'm gonna ask that you stand for this, last, this next song that we're gonna do and uh, just listen to the words as we sing it. Kind of let it be a prayer for you as you respond to the call of God. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move.
morning. Man, it's um, fantastic to be with you all. Uh, I can't tell you how, how much I've always desired to, like, to be able to, to share in person um, things that God has been doing through your assistance and, and through our uh, going, through your sending it, that, that God's done in New Zealand. Unfortunately, as you all are aware, with the pandemic, that hasn't always been possible. So I find myself a lot of times sharing into a, a camera, or, and I, I do that this morning as well. Um, but it's, it's just wonderful to be able to, to spread uh, this, this, this news about what's been going on in another part of the world with people that you guys uh, have never met, you probably will never meet, but, and, and hopefully I can give a, an opportunity to introduce a couple of uh, them to you this morning. My name is Jeff Palmer. Uh, my wife, Indra, is down here on the, the front row. This might be the first time and the last time you ever see her sit on the front row. Um, uh, my kids are with, uh, back uh, enjoying themselves with the kids. My son has expressed in the past that he does not like to hear me speak, which, and I don't take any offense to that, I just let them go play. But, um, but you know, I just, uh, I just want to start this morning with, with a word of prayer and thank God that we're all here together, whether you're online, whether you're here in person, but that we're here together with the one binding um, commonality that we have, and that's Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for a beautiful day. And it's a day, Lord, that we know that you have given us, that you have provided for us, that's, that is a gift to us. God, I just pray that, um, that we don't waste this day. Lord, that we take the time, that we rejuvenate ourselves in your spirit, that we recommit ourselves to following you, to, to hearing your voice, to going where you lead. And I pray, Lord, that your word this morning speaks to each one of us, that it encourages our heart, that it builds up our spirit. Lord, even when we're in the midst of what seems to be an oppressive time, I pray, God, that we find encouragement this morning through your word, that we find encouragement through your work, through things that we have seen and things that we have witnessed and things that we know about you, our one true God, the author of our salvation, the giver of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's his name I pray. Amen. So we are the Palmers. And I, and I put up um, the first slide was uh, of our church logo. And when I say our, I kind of, I want to include all of us, like yourselves and ourselves and, and those that are there in New Zealand, because I truly felt like this is something that was done as a, as a collaboration of brothers and sisters in Christ. We went physically, but we couldn't have gone without ministry partners like yourself to send us. And because of our work together, because of our obedience together, that we were able to plant the Vine Community Church in New Zealand. Um, the little town that we ended up planting in, Gulf Harbor, was a, a town of about 6,000 people. And in that town, in what you would consider and probably expect uh, in a Western country, one that's uh, readily developed and, and very uh, you know, um, advanced in their economy, this little town had no church, had no church at all. Never had had a church there. And God led us there to plant the Vine Community Church. We've been there for uh, just, just over four years. Um, we've just come back in June 
Um, uh, God has given an opportunity for our family to come back to America uh, for the time being. We're, we don't know how long that's going to be. We're, we're prepared to follow him again where, wherever he leads. Maybe that's uh, ministering here domestically. Maybe that's you know, going back or, or doing something in, internationally as well. We just don't know. But one thing that we do know is that the foundation that was laid at the Vine Community Church was on Jesus Christ. And it was with the expectation that Jesus planted that church and Jesus will continue to do what he started there. So when we left, we left, with, uh, we left leaving a group of people, uh, a small group of leaders there, about six people that were adamant about continuing the work of Jesus Christ there in Gulf Harbor. And they were so adamant about it that since June, since we've been gone, they have not missed a beat. And none of the, they're all lay leaders. None of them are paid ministry staff. And they've continued the, the mission and continued to build up and encourage the body of Christ there on Gulf Harbor. And I think that's, that is a testament to the power of God, to, the, um, to just laying the foundation of Jesus Christ and having folks follow Him and Him only. When I was thinking about this morning's message specifically, this is the first uh, that I've really done that's been in, uh, in a Christmas season or in a time that would, you know, that seems to lend itself to something other than giving a ministry update. I'm going, Lord, how, how am I supposed to, how can I kind of amalgamate the Christmas season kind of into this message? And, and I felt like as I was praying about it, God put this, this particular passage on my heart. And while I had sent Greg and the folks my notes earlier, and, and it was called Follow Me, the message, and, and it's, it is going to be that, but I felt like what, what God had put, the passage that He put in my heart was from, uh, was from John 20, uh, verse 21. In John 20, 21, Jesus had come to His disciples after He had been resurrected. And He tells His disciples, He says, As the Father has sent me, now I also send you. And I started pondering on that for a minute, and I thought of, started thinking about what we celebrate at Christmas, and that is the sending of Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, here to earth. God sent Him to us. And in a lot of aspects, we try to we, we think about we you know that that's the that's the pinnacle moment. That's the that was the 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 end game and everything that God had planned in the redemption of mankind. And truth be known, for for our redemption, it was it was the that was the pinnacle moment. But I think we also have to understand. But that's where the mission began. It's kind of like whenever we're baptized. That's not the, that's not the end of our, of our journey. That's not the pinnacle place that we, that we strive to get to. That's, that's the beginning of our journey with Christ. So in sense, when Jesus came, when He was born at Christmas, when He was sent by God, and He, and he passes on the sentness to His disciples, He says, I didn't just come because God sent me. I came to send as well. And that really resonated with me, thinking about you know, Jesus coming at Christmas and then, and then having the mission of sending on those that he had, he had discipled. And how for each one of us, that's a mission that we all carry on even today. The disciples carried it on 
the people that they discipled carried it on. Generation after generation after generation have been sent because Jesus was sent to send. And each one of us are sent. You know, some of us are sent a long way away. <laughs> some of us are sent to the other side of the world. But I also know that some of us are sent to walk across the room. Some of us are sent to walk across the street. And it doesn't really matter, really, does it? Who is it that God is sending? Who is it that Jesus has employed us to be sent to? Where is he sending us? And I think that's the, that's the question that we all seem to ponder sometimes. We get stuck, especially in the time that we're, we're in now. We're in, this, we're in this bizarre time, this pandemic, where we're going, how do I, how do I fulfill this mission that God's placed me on in, in this in this situation where we're, we feel bound, we feel like we're, 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 we're stifled, we can't meet with people, we can't talk with people face to face. And if you do, you're not really sure who you're talking to because you don't recognize who they are behind the mask. And I can't tell you how many people I've come up and talked to. I'm like, hey, you, it's so good to see you. And you, you, know, you have to talk to them for like 10 minutes before you figure out who they are. And you're like, oh, sorry, mom. Um, uh, <laughs> How, how do we do that? How do we discern that? You know, for me, it really, it really came out in Jesus's discussion with the Apostle Peter. That's when it became evident to me of how we have to, to recognize our personal, our very individual mission that Jesus has for us. We know that He sent us. Where is He sending us to? And how do we know which is, which is right for each one of us individually? Peter had the same issue. Let's look, if you would, with me in John chapter 21, verses 18 through 22. Now Jesus is there with His disciples. Again, this is post-resurrection. We know that uh, the Apostle Peter had, uh, during the night that Jesus was um, arrested and was crucified, that uh, Peter had denied knowing Jesus three times. And, and Jesus comes to Peter and he comes to restore him from the, that, that disobedience, from that denial of Christ. And then Jesus does something more. He actually employs Peter to tell him, hey, this is what I want you to do. Now, now that you've been forgiven, now that you have been obedient, now that you've said that you are going to follow me, this is what I want you to do. And Jesus tells Peter this, and starting in verse 18. He says, Truly I tell you, Peter, when you were younger, you would tie your belt and walk wherever you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will carry you and carry you where you don't want to go. Jesus had said this to indicate what kind of death that Peter would glorify God. And after saying this, Jesus said, follow me. So Peter turned around and he saw the disciple that Jesus loved following them, the, the one that had leaned back against Jesus at the summer, supper and asked, Lord, who is the one that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, and we know that that was the apostle John, when Peter saw John, he said, 
well, Lord, what about him? And Jesus' response, if I want him to remain until I come, what's that to you? As for you, you follow me. This, this passage of verses cut to my stomach when I really started to pray and really started to ponder what was happening here between Jesus and Peter and between Peter and Jesus. Jesus said, Peter, I have something special that I need you to do. And I want you to follow me. And it wasn't necessarily that Jesus wanted Peter to come stroll along with him along the beach. It wasn't that he wanted to just follow behind him like a puppy dog. He wanted Peter to fulfill the particular job, the particular task, the particular mission that Jesus had in store for Peter. But Peter wasn't satisfied with that because Peter had just heard how he was going to end up losing his life at some point. And he turns around and he says, well, I, yeah, I'll follow you, but, but, but what, about, what about him? How's he going to live? How's he going to die? What kind of plan do you have for him? And Jesus' response was golden. It said, don't worry about what I've got for John. To expand on that, what Jesus would have said was, what John's going to do is going to glorify me as well. But my plan for John is different than my plan for you. And I need you to follow me, Peter. And truth be known, we know that John did end up living out his days much longer than Peter did. And God did have a special plan for John, but God had a special plan for Peter as well. And the reason that that resonated with me was because I would continue to get questions as we, as we were sent to New Zealand. Why did you pick New Zealand? Why did, you, uh, you know, why did you pick this particular place in New Zealand? Why did you pick this particular town? Why did you pick this particular people? And my response probably wasn't sufficient enough for a lot of people because they, they wanted to hear me say, well, I'd gone through this process of, uh, you know, this, of, of elimination and we've decided that you know, strategically, if you look in the blah, 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 and I was like, no, that's, we, we follow Jesus there. They're like, well, well, yeah, but I was like, look, I, I didn't have any vested interest in New Zealand, but that's where Jesus told us to follow him too. So that's where we went. Truth be known, and people in New Zealand knew, I don't like the beach at all. And they were confused by that. And they were going, well, so why did you? And it was actually a witnessing point when they would say, well, why did you come to New Zealand? Then I was like, because I follow Jesus here. And he didn't ask me if I liked the beach. He just asked me if I wanted to follow him. And I found that, you know what? It actually worked out well for the kingdom because I was not distracted by going to the beach any day. <laughs> I would walk right by the boats, I'd walk right by the harbors, I'd go right by the beach, and I'd go on about my business and do my work. And I was just thinking, you know, that's what we all, that's what we all need to recognize, is that Jesus has a conversation with each one of us individually. And he tells 
each one of us, follow me. And we understand the big picture about following Christ in, in, in honoring the, the forgiveness of our sins, in honoring Him as our Lord. But we, but we fail to recognize there's that, there's that very, very specific thing that He has in store for you and that He has in store for me. And it may not, and in fact it often won't, look the same as the person that's sitting beside you. It might be that He's just put one person in your life, that He needs you to focus on, that He needs you to disciple, that He needs you to love and to serve like Christ. And it might be that He sends you to China. The task is that we say, yes, Lord, yes, Jesus Christ. I won't look over my shoulder and ask what you're doing and ask and say, well, look, well, look at, look at what these guys are doing. They get, to, they get to go there or they get to stay home or they get to live by the mountains. Jesus, I'm not a big C person. It's about us saying, yes, Lord, we'll follow you wherever it is and who, to whomever that you send us. So when other missionaries were being sent to places like that seemed more obvious as mission um, mission needed places like China or like uh, um, like Mexico or Central America, South America, Africa. I'm here telling people that I need to support us to say God's called us to New Zealand. They're like, well, that's convenient. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, have you ever lived there? <laughs> and, you know, every place has its challenges. Every place has its, you know, has its comforts. But the truth is, when you're in the will of God, when you're following where Jesus wants you, you know in your heart of hearts the peace that comes from being exactly where He wants you and, and has asked you to be. And when, when organizations and, and other pastors and other churches were doing other things like like planting churches in these large cities where there would be large regional draws of people. Jesus said, follow me to this small town of 6,000 people. And everyone around me is going, yeah, but that's not going to be sustainable. That's not going to work out for it really well for you. I'm like, look, this is where he's asked us to go. So this is where we have to be. And it may not seem logical to those around us. It may not seem ideal but when, you're, when you are where Jesus asked you to be, regardless of how bizarre it sounds to yourself or even to those around you, we start recognizing that He begins to get all the glory for everything that is accomplished. Because it's not by our might, it's not by um, our strategic thinking that, that things seem to work out really well for the kingdom. The Vine Community Church had, had grown to about 50 people or so in a town of only 6,000 where there had never been a church before in a country that less than 5% of the population go to church. And it wasn't just the fact that they would come to the vine to worship. They had actually become invested in the kingdom of God's work because when, when Jesus said, follow me to Gulf Harbor and start this church, he didn't say, you know what, F 
find, get, find yourself a nice little venue and polish up a, a worship service and get that going first and then invite everybody in. He said, no. He goes, I, what I want you to do is I want you to go to the cafe and I want you to just start a Bible study with anybody that'll come along and do that for about a year with three or four people. And then we did that. And as you're explaining to other, your mission organizations and your other pastoral partners and colleagues, and again, this is what we're doing. We're, we're, we're planning a church and they're going, and how's that working out for you? I was like, well, I don't know how it's working out for me, but it's working out great for God. Because the gospel is being taught, scripture is being understood, and people are starting to be activated in their faith. And slowly, the church grew numerically, slowly, but spiritually, the depth in which people grew was astronomical. It was unbelievable. To, to the testament that we can now, four years into this mission, step away and six people who didn't know each other from Adam's house cat four years ago have now come together and are continuing on the work of Jesus Christ in this church. And in six months, they haven't missed a beat. And they continue to serve one another and they continue to teach the Word of God. And they continue to worship together, but they also continue to serve their community and to love each other like Christ. Through two lockdowns, and a New Zealand lockdown is way different than an American lockdown. They've continued. They've continued to share the love of Christ. And you know, it just came that we recognized when you do the simple mission of just presenting Jesus Christ and the Word of God, you allow Him to receive all the glory. You allow the kingdom to receive all the benefit. And then slowly we step away and we get to look back and still stay connected with them. We're still connected with them weekly. But by and large, Indra and I, we kind of step back more as guidance. And we listen and we hear all of these wonderful things that Christ is doing in this church. But now it's Jesus Christ that is the pastor of this church. Jeff and Indra were just kind of the facilitators for a little while to introduce them to Christ. The second thing that, that always comes about whenever people ask us, how did you end up in New Zealand? I say, well, we followed Christ to New Zealand. And they say, well, you chose kind of an unorthodox way of, of planting a church. I was like, well, it's unorthodox by our standards because that's not what we're accustomed to in, in our culture. But by God's standards, it was perfectly orthodox because all we did, we went and shared Jesus Christ and we taught scripture and we saw growth. And, but the next question would be inevitably, inevitably be, well, in a, in a country that was, that was so um, strangely adverse to faith and to God, and how, did you end, how did you end up with even one person that would listen to you? And that's because we became, con that's because we became convicted from the start that, Lord, we're not going to seek out 
any one particular. We're going to work with and love the ones that you send us. And I became convinced of that as well through Scripture. In John chapter 17, verse 6 through 9, Jesus was praying in the garden before His crucifixion. And He was praying for His disciples. And when He prayed for His disciples, listen to His language and what He recognized where these men had come from to be disciples of Christ. Jesus said, Father, I have revealed your name to the people that you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. They have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you because I have given them the words that you gave me. They've received them, and I've known for certain that I came from you. They have believed that you sent me, and I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me because they are yours. Now I think it becomes really evident after you read that a few times and Jesus was specifically saying several times, God, I know where these men came from. You brought them to me. Jesus didn't do a lot of going out and seeking the, the particular people and, and, and vetting out the ones that he wanted to be uh, discipling along with him, he recognized that, you know what, these are, these are peaceful, these were men that he knew that God brought into his path. And I, I can imagine that there were probably dozens upon dozens of other men and women that Jesus also had conversations with, that God had also brought into Jesus's path, and they failed to commit to Christ. But that didn't stop Jesus from sharing the same love from sharing the same gospel message of a loving God to them. So that's how we began, and that's how we began meeting people. God brought me personally, and just one of many. He brought me a man named Phil, and we have a picture of Phil and myself. Phil had moved to New Zealand from England uh, just several months before I had met him. And Phil and his wife came to the vine because the vine had community written in the, the name of it. It was the Vine Community Church. And Phil and his wife came to the vine because they thought they were coming to a community center <laughs> to meet some friends and meet some neighbors. Now, Phil and his wife, they were adverse to the church. In fact, the vine was the only church, the first church that they had ever stepped foot into. They were, from, they were from England. Uh, um, and just to, just to let you know, kind of get a side note, they were so adverse to the church that in England, to have your, your marriage um, um, accepted by, by the state, you have to get married in the Church of England. Well, they decided to fly all the way to Las Vegas <laughs> to get married so they wouldn't have to get married in the Church of England. That's how, that's the chasm between Phil and his wife and the church. But they stepped into the vine and we just began a conversation about who we were and who Jesus was and how much he, he loved them and cared for them. And he was just like, you know, there's something here. I'm not sure what it is, but there's something in this place and the way that, that, that people love and care for one another. And ah, we'll, we'll come back. So 
Long story short, Phil ended up coming back. Jen, Jen his wife, uh, didn't end up being as, um, as comfortable in the church as Phil was, but Phil was curious. And he came to the first Bible study that we had that showed that that was a, a it was a kind of a Bible 101 where we shared the entire story of the Bible. And um, as we sat down for this Bible study, I said, first of all, does anybody not have a Bible? There's about five or six people there. And Phil said, yep, I don't have a Bible. I was like, okay, no, no worries. I, I, I handed him a Bible, and I didn't want him to have just any Bible. I gave him an NIV study Bible. So it's nice, it's one of those big, you know, thick ones that if you don't read it, you could use it as a doorstop. You know, it's, it's just, and he picks this Bible up and he looks at it and he kind of holds it and he goes, well, I made it through Lord of the Rings. I can make it through that. <laughs> and that was Phil's approach to reading scripture. And he went home that night and he started it at Genesis 1-1 and he comes back the next week and he had his head hung down and he's like, wow, <laughs> this is a lot deeper than I thought it was going to be. And I said, Phil, just give it some time. You weren't broken a week. It's going to take you a lot longer than a week to get fixed. Let's just give time for God to speak into your life. We ended up going through that Bible study, the story of, of Scripture. The end, which is still going on at this stage, Phil was baptized a couple of years ago in the sea, which was the only time that I ever actually got in the sea, <laughs> was to baptize. And today, Phil is the lead um, transition member of the church. He preaches on a rotation every four weeks and messages that, uh, to be honest with you, I've taken notes. I'm like, man, I could, I could use that. <laughs> God has done an unbelievable transformation in his life. In just a short time, just because we spent time with those that God sent us and we weren't looking for a particular profile of person. We just said, Lord, let us be content with working with who you send us. And God knew that Phil's heart was ready for the gospel message and he knew that, God, that, that Phil would follow him to the ends of the earth and he certainly has done that. At the same time, on the, on, the, on, the, on the other spectrum, God brought Indra, a young woman. Her name was Jackie, and we have a picture of Indra and Jackie. And Jackie was a, a lady that lived two or three doors down from us. And Jackie had no affiliation with the church whatsoever. Jackie was from South Africa, and she, um, she, she did not really care about coming to the vine. In fact, she would readily say that she was atheist, and she was happy with that status. But Jackie met Indra on the playground uh, in, in our little neighborhood. And their kids started playing together. And Jackie started recognizing that there was something in the way that their kids, her kids played with our kids. And she was saying, you know, there's something about, you know, your family and how, you, how much your kids just, that they've embraced my son. And we've just enjoyed this time together. We, let's, let's hang out. So Indra was like, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll just hang out and we'll have some conversation. Several months down the track, Indra begins a mom's coffee group, which happens in the church. Jackie decides that she wants to come along and bring her son. And she comes to these groups that are, that are very open and honest and understanding that, you know what, we, we are all broken people looking for hope and purpose. 
Indra was fortunate to be able to share that she found her hope and purpose in Jesus Christ. And it wasn't the case for all the ladies that came there. But Jackie was there in that environment. She was there in those conversations. She was there whenever Indra needed to love her, whenever she needed support, whenever she needed encouragement. And I would love to tell you that at, by the time that we left, Jackie was also baptized in the sea, but she wasn't. Instead, Jackie herself will tell you in just a second that she actually has seen this journey that, that began with, uh, with the vine as being one that softened her heart. And maybe it wasn't that we were the ones to, to harvest that, that crop in Jackie. Maybe we were just the ones to plant the seeds and we had to be okay with that. But I can tell you all day long about the folks that, that you guys have impacted with your support for us. But it really doesn't, to me, carry the same impact as it does for them to share it in their own words. So we've, we've uh, put together, Indra put together a, a short video of some of the folks there at the Vine thanking you all for your love and support, for just bringing Jesus Christ into their lives. I found my salvation at the Vine Community Church. Um, I didn't go to church, I wasn't raised in that kind of environment. Um, it wasn't anything that my parents believed in either, so I spent a lot of years, um, which I look back now as time in the wilderness. And it wasn't until I moved to, to New Zealand that I actually found the Vine Community Church, that I actually found Jesus Christ. And, and he changed my entire life. And while he may have been searching for me my entire life, I wasn't searching for him. But when I came here and found the vine, um, I truly found Jesus Christ. And the reason why it's so spectacular in my own life is that the odds of me turning up in New Zealand, because I'm from England, the odds of us turning up New Zealand, turning up to the very end of the earth, the other side of the world, and this very end of peninsula to find the vine church, is a truly miraculous thing. Um, the odds are so astronomical that it can only be the Lord's work. Um, and through him, and through the Vine Church, they've helped me to be a disciple, to be a better person, to be a better husband, a better father, um, just to be a better man altogether. So I'm hugely grateful for everything that the Vine Church has done for me in my life. So just, I just wanted to say for everybody who watches this video back in the United States, one, our prayers and our thoughts are with you all um, as we all go through this coronavirus. But from our whānau to your whānau, we just wanna say thank you for everyone who supported Jeff and Indra through financial contribution, through time, through energy. You've truly changed an entire community here in New Zealand. Um, and I personally wanna thank every one of you individually that you helped Jeff and Indra come to New Zealand. You have affected so many lives that you may never meet, but you truly have. You brought so many people to the Lord. So I just wanna say thank you from everybody in the Vine Church and from me personally, thank you. It's an amazing place because we've been wanting a church here for a long time. And uh, God sent this young couple from America, Jeff and Indra. And uh, we're so blessed that they've come and opened this church. And it's been great for the community. Your support of, of Jeff and Indra and the family has just been huge that has enabled us to proceed. Um, yeah, we, we're just blessed with that. When we, when we came in our first day, I think we just clicked. Um, it was like um, fitting in like a piece of puzzle. 
it just managed to fit, you know, it was like, wow. And Bradley, he, he doesn't settle well in, in a lot of environments, and wow. He was like, Mum, I like the vine. And I said, you know what? So did I. And we agreed that the vine was a church for us, you know. We had such a lovely feel. So wel- we felt so welcomed. And nobody minded if where we'd been or um, how long it had been since we'd been to church. It was just, you are welcome no matter who you are. And that's what we really would draw, drew us in. We went through a lot last year as a family um, when um, Bradley and Haley's dad left us. But um, the vine has become what we lost and more. And really, um, it's wonderful to be able to, to worship God and, and get close to the Lord um, and, and just love all the speakers that we have and, and the messages. And, and um, Jeff and Indra are just, yeah, we're going to miss the whole family terribly. Okay, so we searched it on Google, and um, the only church that came up in Gulf Harbor was Divine Church. And um, when I saw the, the, the website page, I just knew immediately we, we have to go and see. Yes, immediately we felt at home friendly. and um, welcomed, invited. Yeah. And you felt the presence of God. I mean, it's, it's just there. He was just there. Thank you. Thank you for Thank planting you. this church here. And um, the roots. Yeah. I mean, uh, this community, Gulf Harbor, as a, as a small community, they need this church. I never felt ostracized or anything because it's not my religion. I actually felt very welcomed. And I definitely started my journey on exploring that side a little bit more because it wasn't even a you know it was it wasn't something that was important in my life and then um it kind of led me towards exploring the stuff that i did as a kid it's just in a, in a more loving and accepting environment and it was open to ask questions so that that i appreciated that a lot as well i didn't have the best experience with the christian faith as a young girl um so i actually had quite an aversion to it um, for very long, up until I joined the Vine, actually. And then, yeah, it's just like being welcomed and being encouraged to ask questions that I don't understand. That actually made me, like, open my heart a little bit more to that side of things. And, yeah, it's, it started the journey, I'd say. One of the things that one of the things that we did whenever we concluded our time there in New Zealand <clears throat> at the Vine, we wanted to leave the church with a gift uh, to remind them to to love and serve one another like Christ, and to keep Him centralized on who they were, and the church would continue on mission and it would continue to be fruitful in the kingdom. Um, and God woke me up in the middle of the night with something that was, uh, that was offered to me years ago whenever I, was, um, uh, whenever I was ordained into ministry. And that was a, a very dear friend of mine handed me a, a towel. 
uh, I was being installed as a deacon at a church, and, and the, I was thinking I was going to get this badge or this plaque or a trophy or something. I didn't know what I was going to get. But the, the pastor handed me a towel, and it was a plain white towel, and he put it over my arm, and, and I was going, or what's this all about? And he said, just remember that now you are one of the chief servants. In fact, you, you serve first, and that is who you are in Christ. And if we remember to always serve one another, we're also doing what Christ had done for each one of us. No matter where you go and no matter who, who, who God sends you to. And I woke up with this idea. I was like, well, what if we could we make in the middle of the, of the lockdown, could we somehow order th some, some towels to hand out to everyone in the church? And it actually worked out that, it, it, that we were able to accomplish that. And our last Sunday, we handed out these uh, tea towels to everyone in the church. And we said, look, remember to be Jesus Christ to those around you. Be Jesus Christ to this community. Be Jesus Christ to this church. Serve and love them first, and then you're fulfilling the law of Christ. At the same time, Andrew and I, you know, it'd be awesome as well to bring a towel to everyone that served with us in being in New Zealand. So we did. We, we, we brought some back, and we want to offer that to, uh, this to, to, to Southwoods. And thank you for serving with us. Because we truly feel like this is something that we did in partnership and that we continue to do in partnership. And I just want to conclude by, by asking us to all consider a couple of questions. And that's, you know, you've heard about where God had sent us, where we had followed Christ to. And we're not even really certain where we're following him to in the next season. We're trying to be faithful in the waiting. But, but who is it that, that Jesus has asked, where is it that Jesus has asked you to follow him to? Where has he sent you? And even if it feels and sounds bizarre when you say it, or whenever it comes to mind, recognize that it's not bizarre to him. And who's God placed in your life? Is it a people group? Is it a person? Is it a neighbor, a family member? Who, is God, who has God brought to you just as God brought the disciples to Jesus Christ? Who has He sent you to minister to, to disciple? And it's not always the easy ones. It's the difficult personalities. It's the people that, that, that are tough to love. And we, we recognize that whenever we were in, in New Zealand as well. It's, 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 it's people that are tough to love that, that God calls us to minister to, that He sends to us. And He wants to know, are you going to be faithful with this one, with this one whom I love, with this person who is made in my image, regardless of how difficult they are? And if we're having difficulty discerning those things, where God is sending us, who has He sent us to, then maybe we should spend a little more time feasting on who Jesus Christ is and what, he is, is, what He's developing in our own lives and in our own spirit. As we move into a time of communion, I want to bring 
back up a symbol that is very common to each one of us during Christmas. And it's the symbol of, of the manger. Uh, we all see this in, in nativity scenes. We see it, uh, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, in books. And we all have an idea of what this is, a way in a manger. And it looks like an old rustic trough, and it is. But when I, when I was thinking about one day what the manger actually was, it was what? What, what do we know that it, that it was? A feeding trough. And I started to think, it wasn't just about Jesus Christ being born a, as, a, as an infant and being placed in this rustic old feeding trough. Maybe it was about God incarnate being placed into a, a vessel that is there to feed. Are you following me there? When we think about Jesus Christ as the bread of life, and he himself said in John 6, 51, he said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And this life that we have forever, it's not the life that we look to in the future after we close our eyes on this, on this earth. It's the life that we got start living forever right now. Because Jesus doesn't talk as much about the, the life that we have in the flesh as is the life that we have in the spirit, right? And the spiritual renewal, the spiritual life that we get to experience starts here in this life. And if we imagine the bread of life being born, placed in a feeding trough with the expectation that those who come to the feeding trough feed on what's in that trough. If we're having trouble understanding and knowing who it is that God sent us to and where He's sending us, maybe we need to feast a little bit more on Jesus Christ. Maybe we need to study Him a little bit more. Maybe we need to, to recognize that He's teaching us something in the way that, not just the way that He spoke, but the way that He acted toward others. The way that He loved, the way that He served, the way that He was sacrificial in, his, in, in everything that He did. And it will, it will alter who we are. And when we feed on that, it'll start to nourish our spirits and our bodies and our, and our souls become stronger to live out a life on mission, following Him in all that we do. So as we take the bread and the cup this morning, and we remember Christ's body in the bread, let's also remember Christ as the bread of life and the Savior that was laid in a feeding trough with the expectation that we will always find our nourishment in Him. And when we take the cup, let's also remember that we live in a very special time in history, in the midst of the new covenant in Christ's blood. We live in a special time that's full of forgiveness and freedom. We live in a time that we, we live with Emmanuel, God with us, God among us, 
God guiding us. I know that if we're fervent about seeking what He wants for each one of us individually, He'll tell you. And it's okay that it sounds bizarre to your neighbor because it doesn't sound bizarre to him. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for this meal. Not just the meal, Lord, that fills our, our stomachs, that, 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 um, but the meal, Lord, that you've given us in your word. The meal, Lord, that you've given us in your son that fills our spirit. Lord, that nourishes our hearts and our, um, and our souls. God, I pray that as we, as we take this time this morning, Lord, to recognize the, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that was broken and shed for us, that we recognize, Lord, that following Him is so much more than just walking behind Him. It's consuming everything that He is in His fullness. God, just as Jesus Christ embodied the fullness of you, God our Father, we pray, God, that we embody the fullness of Jesus Christ our Savior. That's in His name I pray. Well, I'll say a word of thanks to uh, all of you who've been a part of things with us this morning, whether you've been online or whether you've been on site. Uh, we're thrilled that uh, you're here. Trust that the things that uh, have been shared have inspired you. I thought 
Jeff's passage at the very, very beginning, you know, Jesus saying, you know, as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. And he really has. He sent us into the world uh, that we might be salt and light, that we might be a voice of hope and help to those we come in contact with. We'll introduce people to Jesus and help them to know that uh, there's more to life than what many people believe. And uh, this is this is all temporary, but that which is eternal is uh, is on the horizon. So, hope that you'll uh, hope that you'll live that out. I want to ask Jeff and Ender if you guys would come up here real quick. We're going to pray for them as we wrap up. Also, as they're doing that, as they're up here, you can stop uh, by the information table. We have uh, a little card with our ministry partners on it, with websites and information where you can connect with them. As I mentioned earlier, uh, maybe God's laying on your heart this morning. Uh, that he'd have you to uh, to bless one of them in some way. And uh, uh, nothing else, you can get this card and pray about them. If you're watching online, uh, you can uh, email us, and we'll be happy to, uh, to mail you one of these. Obviously, you can stop by the church and grab one of these. You can get most of this information on our website as well. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. We do in particular want to pray for Jeff and Indra. Step right up here. Let's move this out of the way so people can see you, Indra. We want to pray for them as they try to figure out right now in the midst of everything going on exactly what does God have in store for them. Uh, you know, they obviously have this link to the folks back in New Zealand. We'll continue to support and, and encourage them. And, uh, and I, I know we're willing to go back there if that's what God wants them to do. But, you know, all bets are off on what's going on at the moment. So, uh, so we just need to, to pray and support them. Uh, in uh, just our ongoing prayers in the days ahead. So join me if you would, and as soon as we finish, uh, we'll be done, all right? Father, I thank you for uh, Jeff and Indra. Thank you for their faith in you, the courage uh, that they uh, demonstrated by uh, selling everything and leaving the familiarity of home and family here and moving them and their, their family to, uh, to New Zealand. I'm grateful for their faith and for all that you have done in and through their lives while they've been there. Father, we're, uh, we pray for your blessing on this congregation in New Zealand. Father, would you continue to raise up leaders? Would you continue to help them, strengthen them to be salt and light and a representation of Jesus in the community there? We ask God for uh, the gospel to go forth with great power and glory and effectiveness throughout that entire community. Pray for more churches to be birthed in time through this group. I pray, Father, that, uh, that it will radiate from that place to cities and communities and regions well beyond uh, because your spirit is at work. Uh, pray even for Phil. Think of him being from England. I ask God that you'll help his influence to take the gospel even back to his home and people he knew there and, uh, through his family connections and so forth. And God, we just thank you for all that you're doing that... Uh, that it matters and that lives will be eternally different because of these two and what they've done, the faith they've demonstrated. Now, Father, we ask for your blessing on them as they seek you for wisdom and guidance in the days ahead. I ask that for all of us, Father. Uh, we're living in uh, unique times uh, for all of our sakes, and we need the guidance, the inspiration, the empowerment, the leadership of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Help us to have good ears to hear. Help us to live by faith and not sight. And help us to be empowered by you uh, for the benefit of people who need to know you. And uh, we look forward to the day when you return, Lord Jesus, and a whole lot of 
complexity is sorted out, but in the interim, help us to walk in your ways. Help us to follow you and go where you go, do what you would do, serve how you would serve. We give you the credit for everything that's going to happen as we do that. We lift this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for being here. And thank you guys. So God bless you all.